Vital MT Beers, this is Sean Spomer from the Inside Line podcast. And I posed a question at the beginning of last week's episode with Shimano's Joe Lawwell. I wanted to try something new this year to engage more with you, the listener, and I'm pretty blown away by the responses. So much so that I'm taking your feedback to create this supplemental episode with your opinions on the topic that I brought up. So I began wondering why so many new mountain bike trails seem to be flow trails versus natural trails. And I wondered how that may impact the future of our sport. Are we making mountain biking too easy in general? Or do the benefits of getting new riders out on the bike safely outweigh any potential boredom longtime riders might experience with a flow trail? You all showed up with some great diverse responses and I'm stoked to share your answers here. There were a few brave souls who recorded their feelings, and a bunch of you wrote in to weigh in on the topic, which is awesome. I'll be reading the written responses, and we'll play the audio replies here too. I figure we do this with every episode, and we see where it takes us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, email your audio thoughts or a written message to sspomer at vitalmtb.com. You can also comment on vitalmtb.com too. To get me audio, just use the voice memo function on your phone or computer and fire it over to my email address. Thanks to everyone who responded and stay tuned for the next Inside Line on January 29th. We'll kick it off with Josh from Boston, who puts some of the questioning and potential whining on my part in perspective as he's been impacted by the actual loss of trail access over at the Kingdom Trails in Vermont. Morning, Spalmer. Just heard your uh, your challenge on uh, responding to your question about trail type access and what it means. I live in the Boston area. Been riding and racing since the early '90s. Seen a few things. Um, in our area, I don't need to ride the same place twice quite often, if ever. A lot of trail access, a lot of state parks. It's uh, great riding out here. There is not very many flow trails built in our area. Um, And I can't tell you that I miss it. Uh, You get to ride Highland Mountain Bike Park, and Thunder Mountain, both are amazing and always great opportunities for learning how to blow up a a berm. But I come from the old days of riding real single track, and I would say in the shadows of Kingdom Trails, getting trail access shut down here in the last month or so by property owners taking back trail access. I think in the minds of all of the local riders here in the Northeast and anybody who pays attention to that news article, their first concern, whether or not it's a berm, tabletop, or double or single track is trail access if we don't have a place to ride it doesn't matter what we're riding Um, so I think that's my answer 
to uh, your question this week. We definitely need to have trail access first. Uh, good quality trails that have been communicated with the community, landowners, uh, local bicycle groups. Uh, I love a good berm. I love a tabletop. I do love trail access more, though. Thanks for listening. I love hearing you guys and your podcast. I want you to continue on with it. Good luck, uh, 2020. Send it. Cody from NorCal emailed this. On the topic of flow trails, they used to be rare, so they're the gold standard to build if you're going to spend money making a purpose-built mountain bike trail. They're also the most sustainable trail to build, parentheses, spend your money wisely. And if you're going to a destination, you expect something you can't get at home. Almost everywhere you can find some natural jank that will never be perfect. A trail with endless berms and jumps with minimal braking is hard to find and something people are willing to travel for. But they become less exciting the more laps you do. It seems like natural jank gets more exciting each time you ride it, but tends to have a higher skill level requirement before the rider can begin having fun. All in my opinion, of course. Thank you, Cody. We had a few comments from Vital MTB members on the site. J Dogger says, more natural trails, exclamation mark. It's what MTBing really is. Vital member Tully echoed the sentiment with, natural is the way to go. Losifer commented, I'm a pretty big proponent for natural, quote, old school trails. Flow trails make sense in bike parks, which have to cater to a large spectrum of rider skill levels. Flow trails are a constant, and when built well can make most riders feel like heroes. They can also be easier to maintain and armor against erosion. But I love the learning curve and elation that can really only come from something kind of janky. DHCs commented on Vital, Flow trails are sick if done right. They must be well designed and actually flow right though. Otherwise, they do become repetitive and lame. Tech is always sick as well. The key is to have a good combo of the two. Finally, longtime Vital member and OG Brian Peterson comments, The BMXer in me loves a good flow line with plenty of good jumps. A well-done one still lets me feel like a kid. However, with as capable as bikes are today, I still like to spend time on harder, natural trails that make you think and work to get through them. I've also been one to say let a trail develop naturally. People get too anxious to either make it better or keep it as is. Sometimes it's fine to let it be. Tim weighs in with his audio response. Hi there, Spomer and the Vital crew. Uh, Thanks for everything you do with the podcast. It's super rad. Uh, Natural trails versus flow trails. I got into mountain biking for creativity. It's like, you know, you have your curb or your stair set and you have to build on top of it. I think that happens best with natural trails. Like you've got a rock section that you can gap over one day. The next day you can gap into it use it as, you know, pump it or use it as a landing. Flow trails, I mean, using something as it was intended, what the hell is the fun in that? I mean, I don't know. You can build your skills, but I think it comes down to experience. You know, if you're an experienced rider, you've ridden probably a lot of different trails. You've probably ridden flow trails, so they kind of get more mundane, I think. I feel like there's maybe you have to have a really well-designed one to to super enjoy it. But if you're a beginner, 
it's so much more fun to learn how to turn a bike and just do basic things on a flow trail. You can see everything that's going on. You can often see the whole trail. You know, you, you don't have the risk of, you know, getting wrecked by a sniper rock in the, in the bushes um, or in the grass. Like, it, it, it makes it a lot easier. And I think it's a lot more fun. So I, I think that's, you know, a lot of flow trails really are for beginners. Um, and, you know, just build more gnarly natural trails for experienced riders. Peace. Benjamin writes, just listening to the Law Will podcast with your comment at the beginning about berms and flow trails. Personally, I love flow trails in bike parks, but not so much in the wild. With trail access being so difficult to get and trail sharing being an issue, slower, more traditional single track trails seem better in most cases, in my opinion, of course. A berm slash jump trail is dangerous to share with hikers in riding season, dangerous for beginner riders sharing with airtime jumpers, requires regular maintenance to the berms and jumps from erosion, and doesn't offer much to winter users. When trying to get public officials to agree to allow trail access, I think it's an easier sell when the trail can be multi-use, is easy to maintain, and in the worst case would disappear after one fall leaf season if access was taken back. Also, if erosion does become a problem in a particular spot, the trail can be relocated pretty easily. Finally, since a lot of trail networks are volunteer built, it is a lot easier to clear the brush and leaves on miles of primitive trail versus breaking out the machinery for the berms and jumps. Just my opinion, of course. Love the podcasts. Jeff writes in, Hey man, I'm pretty interested to hear other people's feelings on this topic, but I have a pretty opinionated take on this. I'll preface this by saying that I've been involved with local trail building legally and illegally for many years. I've also coached mountain biking and been riding with my wife through her progress from beginner to cat one downhill racer. I've seen just about every kind of trail and handled them through different ability levels. That being said, there are far too many trails being built in a dumbed down fashion. I understand the sit. I understand the sustainability and reason for flow trails. However, they're killing the progression and learning curve for mountain bikers coming into the sport. It's way too easy for riders to get sucked into the ease and gratification of flow trails. I personally find them tiring. They're good for a warm-up on a bad day or a party lap, but man, I get bored quickly. I support trail optional routes or work that keeps a section riding, but making everything a washed-out blue takes the joy out of going somewhere else and seeing different trails out of the equation. So thanks for putting the question up. There are still ways to get gnarly trails built. Our crew would rather figure a trail out or walk a section once before getting it than be stuck with nothing but berms and weak tables. David sends this via email. Hello, Vital MTB. Love this topic, actually. I'm totally with you on the dumbing down or gentrifying of the trails. I get it. Have to make the trails more accessible for everyone, but they all don't need to be smooth and bermed for the Speed Demon Weekend Warriors. My local trails are short but technical in nature, lots of routes and bumps that you can't just go for a leisurely ride on. They require you to be paying attention and take steps to get through them. I love hearing how guys from other trail systems will come here and complain because of that. They're used to being able to just ride along and not have to think much. I think my favorite line this past summer was, quotes, I can ride 20 miles at Palos, the other trail system, but here I can barely finish the six miles it has. It kicks my ass. I love hearing that. If they started to smooth them out and berm all the turns, it would take that skill away. 
We just opened a new trail. It's about a third of a mile, but holy crap, it feels like a mile of just pure technical riding. I heard a couple guys complain that they couldn't do it yet, but they have to learn how to ride it. How can you complain? That is awesome. You become a better rider with that. Why would we not be asking for more of it? Love the podcast. Enjoy learning about the industry and such. I love this sport. Did it for several years in my youth and then got away from it, pursuing other things, and over the last few years have really gotten back into it with a passion. Did my first race last year and loved it. Looking for a couple more to do this year. Bought a new modern mountain bike last year too. Fazari Abajo Peak 29. Love it. Another David, this one from Denver, writes, Flow trails are great sometimes, but I do prefer riding natural raw terrain. I share your sentiments about Earth Circus. A couple years ago, I rode top of the world to ride Don't Slide and then dropped into Earth Circus. After about the first 15 berms, I found myself wishing the trail would just end. Good news is that there's cold kokanee at the bottom. Myself and my riding buddies often talk about the fact that it seems like every new trail project turns into a flow trail. Locally, we just got a new trail at Floyd Hill. It's a fantastic trail, but it feels like a bike park trail. Props to the trail builders, but I guess I'm a tech snob. On the other hand, left-hand OHV right above Boulder is quite a different story. Folks are going out on the weekend and building their own trails. Some of the trails are on trail forks. These trails are difficult, steep, loose, and naturally technical. Thanks for everything you guys do at Vital. Always stoked to wake up and read Vital in the morning and listen to the podcast on the way to work. Thank you, David. Luca Cometti chimes in. Hey, Spomber. This is Luca Cometti from San Diego. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast, by the way. Pretty sure I've listened to every episode now. Um, yeah, talking about berms versus flat corners. This is something I'm constantly torn with um, being a trail builder myself. I'll get to a section and be like, do I leave this this raw and a little more natural or do I put a berm in? Um, I guess it's something that doesn't have a perfect answer. Um, I know, especially in dual slalom racing, this is, um, I guess, a constant topic of debate. Um, I feel like the perfect slalom track has a good mix of berms and rhythm at the top and then flat corners at the bottom. It also kind of does a good job of... Uh, getting rid of some of those aggro BMXers who think they can beat the mountain bikers in a slalom racing. Cause once they get those flat corners, it's usually game over for them. So yeah, I don't know if I have a definitive answer, I guess for me at a bike park, some of my trail favorite trails are trails that kind of have a good mix of flow and raw. And, uh, I guess that kind of goes for downhill race trails as well. But, um, that being said, flow trails are kind of the perfect trail for beginners to get started on and get comfortable on their bike without uh getting sketchy on some flat corners and uh kind of just easing into stuff i guess so uh yeah i guess i kind of see both sides of the spectrum but not too sure where i stand with the issue myself andy from germany offers this first of all thanks for the excellent website reviews and podcasts number one mtb site every morning Sorry that I can't record the voicemail on my phone right now, but I just listened to the Joe Lawwell podcast and wanted to share my thoughts on the topic you brought up. I live in the south of Germany on the edge of the Alps. What I notice is that every new trail that is built in my edge of the Alps is at least a narrow flow trail or a full-on bike park flow trail. Natural, parentheses hiking, trails are shut down for bikers in the same places as tame trails come to surface. I know that natural alpine trails are not the most inviting for beginners, 
but our group of friends spend a lot of time looking for places where we can find maintained but natural trails with roots, slippery corners, awkward uphills, and stuff you may have to lift your bike over because that is what gives the most back to you as a rider. Petzen Flow Trail in southern Austria, said to be the longest flow trail on earth, is a perfect example of what you said yourself. Berm, 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 no scenery and nothing to look at except the next berm. Not for me, but it looks to be the near future for new trails built. I don't know if that's for insurance issues. I think a lot of thought goes into making access to trails easy for regular tourists as the longtime visitors are growing too old and new tourists must be acquired by the resorts and towns in the Alps. Sad story, but I am totally with you. Save the awkward corners. <laughs> and finally, Sean, not me just to be clear, writes via email with a detailed piece of reasoning. Hello, Sean Spomer. I'm familiar with your work going back to Littermag. Thanks for creating and maintaining Vital MTB. Great work there on product tests, raw footage especially, and awesome photo work from Sven, Boris Beyer, and the rest of the photogs. I've been riding MTB since the early 1990s. When I started, I was in the Mid-Atlantic, Maryland first, and New Jersey later, and I spent almost a decade riding mountain bikes in the Mid-Atlantic region. In 1998, I moved west to Montana, and I've lived in western Montana since then. I've ridden trails in Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Montana, Idaho, and Utah in the USA, as well as Fernie and Squamish in British Columbia, Canada. Maybe because I rode motos as a kid, I've always liked mountain bike trails that were challenging to my skills. I've never been a fan of calling something too hard, in quotes, and never liked cheater lines. I'm not too proud to walk a section that scares me, or which I can't ride confidently. Such challenges don't make me whine or demand trail changes, they motivate me to improve. Some of the most eye-opening moments riding mountain bikes arrived for me in southwest Utah around Virgin and Grafton. Two years in a row, 2002 and 2003, I traveled with some friends to visit and stay with Josh Bender and ride the trails he and Dean Williamson had built, Flying Monkey, parts of Then Unfinished King Kong, and Show Me the Money, as well as Grafton Mesa. In those days, Monkey was much more raw, and the first time I rode it, terrifying, if I paid attention to the massive exposure on the rider's right as you descend. My first ride on Monkey, I walked probably a third to half of the trail, primarily because I let the exposure freak me out. During those two years of visits, I probably rode Monkey 20 times, one such time was at 2.30 a.m. under a full moon. Bender woke all of us up and said, The moon's right. The time's right. Let's ride monkey under moonlight. All three of us joined Bender, and that moonlight ride of the monkey is one of the highlights of my personal challenges on mountain bikes. That's where I'm coming from perspective-wise. To add to the perspective, I'm a lifelong alpine skier. I also tour for turns on AT gear. I've also spent a couple years teaching alpine skiing and have seen firsthand what role fear of the activity or difficult of the activity play in an athlete or a wannabe athlete who's trying to learn or improve. Flow trails? What's the point? Why do we need to coddle beginners? Mountain bike riding isn't supposed to be easy, simply because it's not easy. Riders are disserved by making mountain biking seem easier than it is. I'm a reasonably learned guy and have held some different and intellectually challenging jobs in my lifetime, jobs which required more than just implementation of orders. Analysis of problems and finding solutions to problems have played primary roles in my working life ever since I graduated from college and grad school. I'm familiar with complex problems and finding solutions to them is one of my life's pleasures. 
If you hear any explanation or excuse from any industry person about flow trails and that explanation says anything other than growing the sport as the reason for flow trails, they're fluffing you and shining you on. They're saying what their bosses or income sources want you to think. They're not objective. They're in the industry, for Pete's sake. Even someone like you, who has hung around DH racers and races for a couple decades, will still receive filtered, redacted thoughts, even though you're talking to a, quote, insider as a, quote, insider. I know this from my work life. People's responses are always colored by what they think their income source wants to be the paradigm. In my opinion, flow trails are stupid. They take much more work to build, and when put anywhere other than highly manipulated terrain of a lift-serve ski area, they aren't integrated well into their surrounding environments. They're often defended as, quote, getting people into the sport, but really, if someone has to be cajoled into mountain biking, they probably aren't cut out for it. People should come to an activity because of an internal desire or drive. That's the key to sticking with it through the challenges. The fact that you want to do it, you want to improve. I taught a women's skier group for two years, and while doing that, I met women who took up skiing because their boyfriend or husband wanted them to, or because the woman thought that would help their relationship. The whole six weeks of the ski program with such women, they were never having fun. Sometimes they were less scared, but they weren't ever having fun. They lacked that interior desire. They were doing it because of external compulsions. That's what you get when you follow, quote, grow the sport mentality people who aren't independently motivated to do the sport. This means grow the sport mentality is about income. It's not about the sport they want to grow. Mountain biking as a sport slash activity will not die if we don't try to grow it. Independently, internally motivated people will ride mountain bikes because that's what they want to do. All caps. Flow trails are premised on an incorrect inverse logic. An illogical thing, ironically. They are bad for people like me because they're boring, because they waste trail building resources, and because they present a sanitized experience. Mountain biking is not a sanitized activity. That's road riding. If a bicycle rider wants controlled, smooth paths to ride, America's full of them. Full of them. Some are paved, some are gravel, some are dirt, but they are all, quote, inviting to the person intimidated by the challenge of riding a bicycle in varied, irregular, and technically challenging situations. I've never had trouble finding easy paths to leisurely pedal along if that's what I wanted to do. You know this, Spomer? They're called streets or roads or rails to trails or logging fire roads. There's never a shortage of controlled environment paths, trails, or roads to pedal down. But there is a very real shortage of natural trails with natural challenges. Flow trails create an inescapable skills plateau. Riders on them start expecting perfectly groomed terrain and never learn how to handle anything but groomer-zoomer stuff. Even if it has rollers, jumps, berms, doubles, it's still groomer-zoomer. Besides, BMX tracks are out there if what someone wants is to be focused on groomer-zoomer stuff. Go ride BMX, I say to those people. Maybe this sort of answer wouldn't be popular or palatable to everyone who reads Vital MTB, nor every, quote, industry insider, you know, but it's the truth, in my opinion. I say this as someone who is a veteran of complex problem solving and not as a mountain biker. I would say this even if I wasn't a mountain biker. For example, if someone hired me to mediate or facilitate a trail system proposal planning effort. I have a lot of other thoughts on this because there are many aspects to this larger issue of whether flow trails are a good idea. I'm happy to discuss this further in any format you wish. Hopefully you find the above thoughts useful. They're a bit scattered, but hopefully useful. That is a lot to digest, isn't it? 
Thank you so much to everyone that participated and provided their viewpoint. It's clear we all care so much about our sport, even if our opinions differ, and that can never be a bad thing with so much passion behind what we do. If you're not involved, make sure you get involved with your local trail advocacy group. Go hug a trail builder, buy him a beer, give him a high five. Thanks to all the people out there that work so hard to make sure we have awesome trails to ride.